0: Hello, this is Opera Unbound, a podcast that breaks the barriers between opera singers and the audience. We will cover the process, challenges, stereotypes, and inspirations associated with opera.
1: If you like the content that we're putting out and you'd love to see more, make sure you subscribe to our channel as well as share it with all your friends.
0: Welcome back to our second episode of our second season. Today, we're going to talk about local opera scenes. Uh, We're going to focus on the Seattle opera scene. Living in a metropolitan area, we are fortunate to have a ton of local opera companies that put on great works throughout the year. going to talk about the differences between those and also about creating uh, your own opera community if you don't live in an area that is rich with opera
1: all right let's get to it
0: i figure we'll start uh large to small okay We'll start with the big one. Obviously, in Seattle, we have Seattle Opera, which is a budget one opera company, as they're calling them now. They used to be called Alpha by alphabetical categorization, A houses, B houses. S- Seattle Opera puts on between five and six full productions a year, and they do a couple of concerts or recitals in addition. And you get a large variety. As of recent years, you get a few of the classics, and then newer works. This year, they're doing Blue, which is very exciting. And they did the Steve Jobs opera in 2019, right? Was that 19?
1: Actually, yeah, it was 18 or 19.
0: There's a, a nice mix of both modern and classic operas. Anything you want to add to that, Mike?
1: One thing that I've I've found interesting as time has gone on in my not only being at Seattle Opera, I currently don't work there, but when I was working there and as I followed them through the years, I have enjoyed seeing the the more acceptance of modern opera. Not just, you know, because like we've mentioned before, you can slap on a modern production of something, but it's still the regular show. They actually are doing modern works. They just announced, I think it was on their Instagram page or maybe it was Facebook where I saw it, that in a upcoming season i can't remember which one it is they're also doing the malcolm x opera
0: oh you sure you sure it's seattle because i thought uh i know that the met is doing that so if they're both doing it i mean that's fantastic
1: yeah yeah it's a uh, it's with i think it's with the met maybe another one it is a, a co-production yeah so that's really cool because obviously we need to have new opera to show people that it's not an old <laughs> right. stuffy art form right this is how we keep it alive. so well i think it's uh it's just important for our uh, our audiences to know that we aren't just trying to get them into the old stuff, you know. we got these stories that need to be told in a new way and they're very committed to making sure that opera is relatable to more communities in seattle than it had been Absolutely. previously. that
0: reminded me about their new creation lab that they started last year where they are uh, mentoring and supporting young composers to write new operas. And they've, I, I gosh, I don't know, I feel like they've produced close to five or six, maybe more in the last couple months. I've seen a lot of activity via their Instagram page, and actually some of our colleagues in those productions.
1: Yeah, I think that I was talking to one of our colleagues that was in it recently, and I think a lot of them are available online. Uh, So you can just go and check them out, or at least segments of them, of course. I don't know what the exact address is, but I know it's seattleopera.org. If you want to go peruse the website to find out what they're doing, there's a lot of interesting uh, pieces that were in the Creation Lab this last season.
0: Awesome. Number two, we're going to leave Seattle Metro, kind of, sort of. we're going to go to Tacoma. Tacoma Opera, they do three productions a year, and this year is a very different season for them. I I think it's the first time that they've done only one piece that is a part of the regular uh, canon.
1: Yeah, usually what they've done, or at least the last several years until this year, what they usually did is two, quote unquote, standard pieces, and, and then they would do an operetta in the spring. This is a very atypical, we'll say, season coming up for them. If, remind me again, they're doing the water, they have one performance is a combo, of the Waterbird Talk by Argento, Bon Appetit, uh, the Lee Hoybee, and then they're doing...
0: Debussy, uh, The Prodigal Son, mm-hmm. and then they're going to do Don Pasquale, which is the one oh, that's, that's right, standard yeah. representative mm-hmm. Yep, I did a production of the Rape of Lucretia with them. And it was during the time when the Rialto, or was it the Pandages or were they both under construction? <laughs> they were doing renovations. <laughs> I can't remember if it was on both of them. But we were in a small, I guess, not exactly a black box theater, but it was a very small stage. It was only like 300 seats, which I thought was actually really perfect for the intimacy and, I don't know closeness that you an impact that you want to get out of an opera like the rape of Lucretia so I thought mm-hmm. that that space was really a, a fortunate opportunity that they took advantage of I saw right before everything shut down I went to one of the dress rehearsals for Tusca that they did last mm-hmm. year and that was a really great production I they they do uh, fairly good work and uh you know I I feel like If uh, you don't live in Seattle and you uh, can't make the trek up there and you live closer to Tacoma, I I really do feel like you should check out Tacoma Opera because they do a wide variety of things now.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good option if you're south of Seattle. I mean, the only other option that I'm aware of down there would be Pacific Lutheran University, their Mm -hmm. opera department, which is a pretty good music school. There's nothing wrong with going to a college opera, but uh, if you're looking for a professional production, they're they're a good option for you.
0: As we were talking about this, I remembered uh, that Tacoma Opera has been doing a recital series. Oh, so they've yeah, had, that's um, right. A different performer, or sometimes two—well, uh, I should say two to three performers, because a pianist plus a singer, or sometimes two singers, mm-hmm. do an entire recital, and those are all available on their website fashion as it is an island is kind of its own thing even though it's technically south of seattle south west just slightly but um they do two operas a year i only hear good things i haven't been to a production at fashion opera um i do know that they pull in some bigger names actually surprisingly For the size of the opera company they are
1: yeah i i hear that they do a lot of great work i also haven't been to a performance but this is really telling i can't remember what season it was but they either renovated or built a brand new opera house Mm -hmm. on vashon for them like within the last five years yeah and for those of people who aren't familiar with seattle vashon is not like this massive island Right,
0: no, it's pretty small,
1: <laughs> and it's one of those things because it is an island. Everybody goes to it, yeah, it's like a huge thing when it happened, and they were able to get a much bigger opera house, so that they're obviously doing something right, and yeah, I agree, they do get a lot of people from outside of the area, and also some of the top people within the Seattle area, yeah, so it's it's always a good show from what I understand,
0: yeah, not that Tacoma doesn't Tacoma you know does a mixture of both they they use a lot of um the the local favorites and uh do bring in people from out of state for roles as well so they have a mm-hmm. a variety of performers we have one last uh, i'll say like major production opera company and that would be pacific northwest opera which used to be skagit opera and they do usually two productions a year and they are based out of Mount Vernon. How far north would you say that is, Mike?
1: I would say it's a little over an hour north of Seattle. Okay.
0: They typically just do canon pieces. I don't know that I've really seen them do anything anything modern.
1: Yeah, they tend tend to do the standard productions. The only thing that was sort of not standard that they've done in recent memory that I can think of off the top of my head is they did do that what was it? The truncated version of Valkyra?
0: Oh, no. It's um of the whole ring cycle.
1: Oh, it's of the whole ring cycle. Si- yeah, it, it cuts yeah. the
0: whole ring cycle down to like, I want to say two and a half hours. Yeah. we We call it the pinky ring. <laughs> the pinky ring. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, great. If it gets people to experience even a part of that, that set of operas.
1: Yeah, because it's a lot to take in if you do all of them.
0: It's a so. lot to take in and it's a lot to put on. I mean, for, yeah. for operas that in themselves are between two and four hours long um, and the vast amounts of people that uh, you have to hire to put on those productions, it's, it's unfortunate that operas from that what we kind of call grand opera era the mid-1800s to the late 1800s really don't get done that much because they often require such large casts and bigger orchestras. Yeah. If you're north of Seattle, Pacific Northwest Opera is definitely something to check out.
1: They also do uh, get people from out of town Mm -hmm. to do the major roles. They perform in McIntyre Hall, which is at the Skagit Valley College. It's a really nice theater. I want to say it's like 500 seats. So it's perfect, uh, in my opinion, because I'm always for smaller venues than bigger. Uh, But I've gone to two up there, I think.
0: And they also do a couple of concert events throughout the year. Uh, Sometimes it's just, you know, previews of the season, but uh, also just featuring artists that they like to work with.
1: Yeah. And that tends to be actually not in Mount Vernon. Either Bellingham, which is about 40 minutes north of uh mount vernon but very picturesque right on the water so it's it's perfect for i think what they call it is arias in the garden is often a regular thing Mm -hmm. and so it's a really great venue you get this nice scenery to look at
0: we're gonna move on to smaller organizations that focus on different subsets within opera so we have first puget sound concert opera which only does concert versions of rarely performed operas. And they do two to three mm-hmm. productions a year, depending on how big some of the operas they choose to do are. This coming year, they're doing The Telephone, The Old Maid and the Thief, I think that's together, and then Falstaff. And those are um, usually two or three performances each, which is great. They have, even though it's concert version, they still have surtitles, titles. So don't worry, you won't get lost.
1: That's a fun way to do opera, especially for people who are just trying to get into it. You know, mm-hmm. yes, it's nice to have the spectacle, you know, just going and sitting and focusing solely on the music and not being distracted by other things. And like you said, they have the surtitles. titles. It's a great way to introduce them to the opera. And also, like you mentioned, it's a great way to get works done that aren't uh, performed as much as maybe they should be. Uh, both Rachel yes. and I have performed a few shows with them. It's been, it's been around for a while now. And it's a great way for also singers in the area to get sort of their first... I don't want to say it's a, um, a rite of passage but it's definitely a way to get your name out there if you're able to perform.
0: It's also a fantastic way to learn a role without having to have that extra stress of staging. <laughs> really focusing True. on the nitty-gritty of the music. Yeah, it's it's great fun. All right, so we also have the Seattle Gilbert and Sullivan Society. They do one production, and you guessed it, it's Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> it's not Janacek? Ah, I've foiled again. Um, (laughs) It's always in the summer, usually uh, end of July, early August. And that's another one that's been around for a long time. It has quite a following. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. honestly really hard to not like Gilbert and Sullivan. And it's also kind of a gateway drug for people (laughs) if you're like, well, I, I don't know if I like opera. I mean, I like musical theater. I'm like, oh, musical theater, you say. Well... You know these old school things like My Fair Lady and all the Rodgers and Hammerstein stuff? Yeah, if you go back just a little bit farther, they were inspired by people like Gilbert and Sullivan. Absolutely. That's another way to rope them in.
0: Like we've talked about before, opera is uh, very diverse in its repertoire, and uh, there's something for everyone. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what? I skipped over Lyric Opera Northwest. They are a small company based out of Bellevue. And they do a production about every other year. Similar to Pacific Opera Northwest is that they typically only do things that are considered standard rep. They did... Two years ago, I was in their production. No, more than two years ago. No, two years ago. (laughs) Oh, man. The last two years.
1: (laughs) Uh, We did 20.
0: Angelica and Pagliacci together. They haven't officially announced, but uh, they will be doing something this coming year, if possible. Mm-hmm. And they yep. perform in, what is that theater that's, it's in downtown Bellevue? Yeah, Maidenbauer, that's right.
1: They have done shows at the Moor, though, in Seattle, which is a really historic theater. I know some when I've talked to some of our colleagues about it, I'm like, yeah, it was really cool performing at the Moor. You know, especially if they're from Seattle and...
0: Yes, and we did two performances of that production. So it's another one that you can find around town. hmm Okay, now to some very, very niche things. So we have a a newer company called Lowbrow Opera Collective and they only do new works, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic. And their whole thing is about getting new people into opera and similar to like the things that we want to do is that introducing people to opera in a new and different way, making it very approachable and intimate. They did an online uh, season this last year and uh, you can find that on their webpage if you want to check it out
1: and one thing I've noticed too this is mostly run by a younger generation of opera singers and when we say yes. that we they do new works like we're talking written within the last three years probably
0: yeah very very new. very mm-hmm. new.
1: And one thing I noticed, they had their audition announcement, and I saw it, I don't know when I saw it, probably a couple months ago or whatever. Like you were mentioning, they do, they're kind of in the same vein as us, but also different, is when they did their announcement, they're like, this is a middle-voiced person. Or a lower-voiced person. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. opening it up for gender-bending and... And not just going with stereotypical things. Now, that could also be because that's what the composer wanted. But I also feel, mm-hmm. based on what they're, they've are they done in the past, that that's, you know, the actual gender of the person is of less importance. Which just opens up opportunities for a lot of different people instead of it being so set because gender roles in traditional opera are very male-dominated yeah you know it's great to give more opportunities to people
0: it's fantastic love it thank you thank you for doing that Brown. you know we can't talk about the seattle opera scene without talking about opera on tap seattle
1: in our little meeting when we were prepping this and as you were talking like wait a minute how dare you? Like, how dare you, <laughs> Rachel, as someone who is so heavily involved with the great organization Opera on Tap yes. Seattle, one of my favorite entities, honestly, in Seattle. It's so fun going to the shows and performing in them. How dare you forget that?
0: So I'm glad. Oh, uh, no. I I did not forget. Okay. <laughs> yes. So Seattle Opera on Tap chapter, it is a national-based organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find a chapter probably in your area if you just look up Opera on Tap and, you know, either search by your city or your state or go to their national webpage. Mm-hmm. You should be able to find a chapter. And the whole mission is to bring opera into bars. can enjoy it in the relaxed environment. And it's all about fighting that elitism. More stuffiness that is often portrayed in popular media. Seattle Opera on Tap chapter was started by Ksenia Popova, and it was started in 2011. So we are on our 10-year anniversary, and I'm just going to plug. We're doing a show on the 26th, that's at Domenico Cellars in uh, Ballard, so you can check that out. Seattle Opera on Tap does monthly shows at different bars throughout the city.
1: And they they kind of have some that are regulars that they go to a few times a year, like the Blue Moon, and yep, they're always checking out new venues. I think... Opera on Tap has so many advantages to not only going but getting involved. Like you already mentioned, puts it in a place that you're not necessarily expecting it. And you're like, well, I mean, I was going to drink anyway. So if I'm going (laughs) to eventually watch something that I don't like, at least I'm drinking while I'm doing it. But most of the time they end up really being like, this is not what I expected to experience tonight. But I really enjoyed it. So thank you for doing that. And the other part of it, too from a performing standpoint is it, it takes a very different skill set that is underrated and also undertaught mm-hmm. in our training as opera singers. And that is really engaging with an audience in a intimate setting and in a recital essentially format. Yeah. When you're in school, it's like very like I go out, I sing, I don't talk to anybody, I just do my thing. <laughs> they clap at only specific times, not whenever they feel like it. And it's a completely different muscle that you have to learn. And once you do learn how to do it, it makes you such a more engaging performer and a lot more fun to watch, even if everything else was already there for you. I think I've seen a lot of my colleagues who I had no issues with prior to that, but you really see them come alive and shine after they've done a few and then they're just rock stars in that particular environment so it's a lot of a lot of a lot of fun to go see them again when they you know they uh, are asked to perform
0: yeah it's always a blast of uh, never had a bad time singing in a show or uh, going to a show I uh, was also involved in opera on tap in the Dallas area that was the north North Texas chapters like I said they're all over so check that out it's a really great great way to experience opera without having to worry about any of the other stuff uh parking getting dressed up unless you like to get dressed up yeah. you know to go to the bars that's fine i, I like to wear jeans yeah. so.
1: <laughs> i mean uh, who knows i like to wear a pizza thong whatever it's fine <laughs> i didn't get that many comments that were ew oh my God. It's, it, it's more like you know interesting choice which is a that is an interesting choice. You know, it's choice. also it a stage is. direction I've gotten from directors before. I'm like, oh, that's, that's an interesting choice. But hey, it's a very accepting environment. Anyway.
0: <laughs> After taking you to the bars, we also have something for the kiddos. Yeah. We have noise. You've actually done things with noise, so I'm going to let you explain
1: Oh, Noise is I mentioned a Puget Sound concert opera is kind of a rite of passage. This is more, if there is one, rite of passage company in Seattle to a certain extent. And so what Noise is is Northwest opera in the schools, etc. etc, etc. And they do one show a year. It's a Mostly elementary school tour, there are times when, you know, we'll go to Eastern Washington, for example, and we'll perform for an entire school district because it's so small. You can do that because they're all in one school, right? Right. And I've done, let's see, I've done Hansel and Gretel, The Telephone, Daughter of the Regiment.
0: Oh, wow. You've done a lot. I've done
1: like five or six with them. They have a rotation of, I think, seven shows. And I left to go to New York Mm. right before the last one, which I think is Magic Flute is the only one that they do that I have. Oh, no, I didn't do Barber either. Anyway, it's a great uh, thing. It's been around since 1983. It's one of the... So I guess other than Seattle Opera and... Well, Tacoma Opera, I think, has been around actually since the 50s.
0: Yeah, 50s 50s or 60s. Yeah, yeah, so
1: I think it's probably the third oldest opera company in Seattle. But yeah, it's it's a wonderful opportunity to... Again, kind of like Opera on Tap, uh, you're exercising different muscles because you have to do Q&As afterwards with children who always have the greatest uh, questions <laughs> Um and if you remember from our story time episode this it was with that company that I got owned by the 8 year old or whatever over my frozen reference it was uh with that company that that happened so yeah they're they're really really great obviously if you're listening to this podcast you're likely not in elementary school but
0: but you might have kids that are Yeah
1: that is true so uh if if your kids have an opportunity to have opera come to their school. Like you're a member of a PTA board. These are great opportunities for them to experience opera right where they are.
0: Yes. All right. So we have three more to share. The first of our last three companies in this greater Seattle opera area is Kitsap Opera. They are based out of Bremerton, which is just across the sound from Seattle. You can get there uh, by ferry either a regular ferry or what is called a foot ferry or the fast Mm ferry. I want to say their last production, well, technically their last production was a co-production with Puget Sound Concert Opera when we did Lucrezia Borgia. Before that, I think it was probably 2016 or 17. I think they did a Carmen.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right.
0: The general slash artistic director is a lovely older lady and you know, obviously, over the pandemic, they weren't doing anything. So I hope that they can continue to put on productions. I, I've never, besides the co-production, been to any of their shows. So I don't know what the specifics are. But I think that they also do mostly standard rep. Yeah, the
1: only the only one that I know of that wasn't standard was uh, they did that zombie opera. I think it was 20, oh. 2015. I remember cuz I did a recital with a guy who had just done it uh, or was going to do it.
0: Very interesting. Yeah. I would say that's very not standard, so I take it back. Thank you for surprising yeah. me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's right. It, it was cuz Julian and I were going to go to it. And we're like, "Wait a minute. Zombie Opera?" Hmm. Like that's actually <laughs> worth taking a ferry over to Bremerton right? just to see what this thing is actually about. Because I, I think a zombie opera, it's either going to be amazing or terrible. I have no idea what it actually is because I ended up not being able to go. But just the concept of a zombie opera, I'm like, hmm. I mean, there are limitations, right? With stage versus film and uh, TV.
0: Well, I hope to see something out of App Opera. I hope that they have plans to keep doing productions uh the other two organizations are public opera which they have been around also quite a long time um since 2002 so just under 20 years and they are all about introducing opera music to everyone. They do, oftentimes do concerts or they'll sing at restaurants, a wide range of offerings when it comes to repertoire. You know, they're all about that engagement, about getting people interested in opera. So they don't necessarily do whole operas, but just the highlights, which is great. We need that, but you know, very similar to Opera on Tap in in what they do what they create in the community Mm -hmm. and then the last one is a new another new company called engage opera and they are doing um condensed operas in english
1: and i think they're trying to make them more family friendly like that's one of their missions is to like here's a show you can bring the whole family to versus dumbing it down so that kids can come to it they're trying to pick Shows that are already there.
0: Yeah. I don't know that this is a myth about opera, but I, I don't know that a lot of people think about this when when they uh, consider going to an opera, but there are uh, a lot of operas aren't particularly kid-friendly. Yeah. They have either quite a bit of violence or heavy sexual content. They, you know, they're it was, it was an adult form of entertainment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually when I first started working for Noise before the big revelation moment about where, what I wanted to do with trying to create a company or trying to create new shows or whatever, doing these tours. And it wasn't the first time I had done tours because I did tours with Opera Coeur d'Alene or what is now Inland Northwest Opera, which is South or which is Eastern Idaho, Northern or sorry, Eastern Washington and Northern Idaho. I was sitting there thinking, and I was like, we do these shows for elementary schoolers which that's great they need it but why can't we also do it for high schoolers because if we did it for high schoolers we could do a lot more stuff like you could do things like figaro or Giovanni or carmen or but you you definitely can't do those for the the little ones Mm -hmm. because of the content we got to be careful the one thing i do love about what the met does in new york i think every christmas they do i think it's the family magic flute so i think not only is it in english and it's kid-friendly content wise i think they might even shorten it because a lot of people come in from out of town with their family and they want to go to the Met, but they don't want to take them to something that's full of what you just mentioned
0: yeah exactly you gotta you know and everybody has different ideas about what the, is appropriate for their own children mm-hmm. and that's great uh everybody can make those decisions individually but it's nice to uh have a company that has that in mind Mm-hmm. Tacoma Operas, and they also pro- did a puppet production of um, the Magic Flute.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. I did see that.
0: So that's also available.
1: Yeah, and they they even helped. One of the reasons I saw the the first show for Lowbrow Opera Collective, which was called Adulting, mm-hmm. it was because they put a video version online, and Tacoma Opera put it on theirs. Like, hey, you should really check this out. It's a new company, and here's their show. It was cool to see other companies being like, you know what, this this is another company in the area that you should check out. This page isn't solely about us, which obviously if you have a page for a company, you should theoretically make it about you and no one's surprised when it's only about you. But being yeah. um, supportive of other places doesn't necessarily take away from you in any way. With something like Opera, the more people are going to it and exposed to it the more they get into it they're more likely to go to more and more things so i thought that was really cool when they did that
0: it's fantastic to see that happening within the community and, and talking about the community uh we wanted to take a little bit of time to talk about creating and supporting uh the opera community in in your own area and what that uh, might look like or entail
1: for this part of it we have to step back and first ask the question Do we even have one, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So if you already have one, I mean, even if it's one or two companies, obviously going and supporting them usually means either donating to them and or going to the shows, right? But if there's nothing there and you're like, you know what, I want to create something, obviously trying to go from zero to something on the size of Seattle Opera probably isn't going to work, right? But what you can do is say, okay, how do we engage with our community and what is our community even like? You know, I am fortunate to grow up in the Pacific Northwest, specifically the Seattle area. And so Mm -hmm. even though I did my education in Idaho and I lived other places, when I came back to the Seattle area, I already knew a lot about what the people are into even though things obviously change over time, but at the same, sure. we I also have the history behind why people may have changed their minds about things or other references. And so you're able to connect with them when you go and engage with them. Whereas Rachel moved here from other yep. places. And that's not saying one is better than the other. It's just when you're looking at creating a scene, you got to get an idea of what are the people generally like? What are they into? What's a regional thing? Like we have huge sections of our country where it's cowboy culture, for example, is one of them. Yep. One of those areas was that company that I talked about earlier, Opera Coral or Pacific Northwest, or sorry, Inland Northwest Opera is what it's now called. And so it made sense that they would do... Puccini's Fonchula del West, right? Because that's a cowboy Mm. opera. You got to know all that stuff. And then, of course, that goes into marketing and figuring out the best way to connect with them through any online or people actually do stuff in the paper, depending on how big your, your community is. And so you can, once you get all that information, then you can start thinking, okay, well, what kinds of shows can I put on? And just start small. Also, you obviously need to know what singers and personnel are in the area. Uh, And Mm -hmm. once you figure that out, it's then that you can start collaborating with people and getting ideas and trying to move the ball forward in creating something. And then using the model of something like Opera on Tap or public opera, where you're just going, hey, this is where people are. I'm going to go do this thing for them and just see what happens.
0: Yeah, meet, meet them where they're at. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, as you're talking about all this, I'm thinking, I'm from the Midwest originally, and I'll say there's not as much opera where I'm from. I would have had to drive mm, 30 to 45 minutes to go to an opera in high school. Mm-hmm. and i did and i know that doesn't seem like a long ways when you <laughs> live somewhere like seattle and you're like well it took me 20 minutes to get out of my neighborhood yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's no traffic in kansas yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so, but having been mostly in the midwest i do have different ideas on how to Create community, because uh, community is often very strong in, in that area, you know, especially if you're involved in some sort of organization like a church. Not that that's the only place that can support you. Oh, I was thinking that, of course, you can donate and, of course, you can go to shows. You can also join oftentimes boards of directors for Oh yeah, um, that's true. arts organizations. It's another great way to join volunteering your time to help the organization if you have that time to share and talking about opera on on the small scale uh, this is where i was going with being from the midwest and not having a lot of opera as we've just spent the last 30 minutes talking about all of the different opera organizations in our area there's still a, an an area that that can be filled with like what we're supposed to, trying to do with opera unbound Really bringing a really unique opportunity to audiences in a really intimate way. Because you don't find that that often. Even with like Opera on Tap and Public Opera, they're not doing whole productions of operas or even condensed small short operas. They're typically only doing arias, duets, selections from operas. But we're trying to bring, you know, whether it's a, an old opera and a modern opera adaptation, or if we're going to go on and, you know, do new works, bringing that to audiences in all sorts of different engaging settings.
1: I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? I think that joining the, the the board is a really great idea of something. One of the things that, as you were talking, that we often talk about, but I didn't think that maybe we could use it in this way. We often will talk about how people think, well, opera is this like thing that that only certain people can do, or like, or whatever. But perhaps maybe another route, if there's no scene where you're at, or if it's a small scene, is to play on the fact that it is kind of eclectic. To play on the Mm -hmm. fact that it is rare, right? How many people know an opera singer? Like an actual one, not one that went on America's Got Talent when they were seven and bellowed their way through Nessun Dorma. (laughs) like an actual singer like not many people know that because we're very rare Mm -hmm. playing on the fact that it is rare might be another way you could get it into your community and again like we've talked about it's it's about packaging it's about how you present it but this isn't like listening to something on the radio
0: yeah it just doesn't sound the same Yeah, it
1: doesn't (laughs) it's weird how that works
0: i was thinking about actually doing that as a solo uh episode Talking about the acoustics of an unamplified voice. Ooh, there and you why go. It's so unique and special. So look forward to that. Perfect. And we could probably drone on about this for hours, but I think that we've said pretty much everything we wanted to say, mm-hmm. and that we need to say. If if you're listening and and you have. Uh, a ton of opera in your area. That's awesome. You can comment on our post on our Instagram page and share where you're at and like, is it a big scene? Is it a small scene? And what do you think would be cool to see? Uh Thanks for listening to this podcast episode. For more information about the podcast or for extras, check out our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash opera unbound. Ciao. Thank you